Hey guys, welcome back to the Is This Cinema podcast with me, Priscilla. And me, Jess. So today we're going to be doing a review on Asteroid City by the wonderful Wes Anderson. And for the first part of the episode, which will be about 10 minutes. And then the second part of the episode is going through our top five Wes Anderson films. Obviously now knowing that Wes, um, Asteroid City has come out. So on the feed, you can literally um, still listen to any of our episodes. Guardians is still there. Our review on Guardians, our review on Across the Spider-Verse, both the non-spoiler review if you've not seen it and the spoiler review if you've seen it. Or if you want to be, you know, you want to tempt yourself and listen to a spoiler review of the not seeing the film, go ahead. Um, you can also, um, all of our socials are in the description of the video, so you can follow us. Um, our Twitters and all that stuff are in there. Um, and yeah, let's get it cracking and let's not waste any time. So I actually watched Asteroid City a few days ago, actually. Um, I watched it on release day. Um, my local cinema actually had it available, thankfully. Um, Wes Anderson films are quite hard to get usually. And I really liked it. I can't lie. I really liked it, but I'm quite naturally biased to Wes Anderson anyway. But Jess, what did you think of it? I thought it was good overall. I feel like there are actually quite a few things that I do think could have been improved on. All right, but let's I go just, into that. Yeah. Let's go into it. What would you improve on? Because that's actually quite interesting. Because I just feel like, because there's just been so many stars in the film, and mm. which they all did a fantastic job. Mm. I just feel like it was a bit difficult to pinpoint the main point of the story because I, I know there's obviously elements uh, of grief about it and it was just like let's just you know dive more deep into that and then I just felt like everything was just like cut by quickly and everything I know it may be for some people that's maybe not their thing they just want things to go by really quickly yeah but yeah, then yeah. I always feel like I want to listen to you know the depth of what has happened I just you feel know, like we I, didn't get that in this film I get what you mean I get what you mean because the thing with Wes Anderson, he always has these massive ensemble casts, so I'm kind of used to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I, for once, I, I don't know. I I felt like they all did a good job, but I felt like they were all well versed out. I think Brian Cranston was amazing. Tom Hanks was good as the father-in-law. Um, I think Scarlett Johansson was incredible. Like I think everyone did their bit, to be honest. Um, Ed, Ed Norton, you name it. I think where... I think I know what you're talking about in a little bit, in a sense, is I didn't personally have this problem, but I know a lot of people had this problem, is because there's an actual play based on what actually happens and then what actually mm-hmm. happens. Um, I'm trying not to spoil it because I'm trying to give a spoiler-free review of this film so people can still go and watch it. Basically, there's a play based on actual events which you're watching, which Brian Cranston sort of narrates. But then there's also the actual events also happening simultaneously. And depending on the colour, that's when you'll know in what template mm. you're watching it in. I got some people being confused a little bit about that, to be honest. I completely understand. That would confuse anyone. Like whenever you're doing these sort of films or TV shows, sort of like what Division did, where you're having like an actual like narrative play whilst real events are happening but the two things are converging into one it can be a bit confusing i understand that but really loved it i think the its themes on capitalism was great i thought scarlett johansson was brilliant she was amazing 
very very I feel good. Like I haven't seen very it forever, good. so it was nice to see. I know it's okay. been a while, isn't it? Yeah. Since Jojo Rabbit, I think is that the last thing I saw her in? Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, no, Jojo Rabbit was the last thing I saw her in. Mm-hmm. Um, but she was brilliant in it. I really really loved. I kind of liked his take on the whole alien invasion thing. I'm not going to go in like it. I think yeah. it's an interesting. <laughs> I think it's an interesting take on it on the whole idea because I quite like the idea you had this alien invasion and basically everyone working together to solve the mystery of the alien invasion basically having all these people basically trying to solve yeah. what's going on in this mysteri- mysterious town but this is a very controversial take Jordan Peele's Nope is of a similar vein not the exact same film by the way guys a completely different film but of a similar notion I feel like I prefer Jordan's Peele take on it even though the themes are very different Mm-hmm. But I was more, I think what kept me invested in Destroyed City was the performances. Like the performances were that good. But as a narrative tale, I, I don't know. It was It's a weird one because I really enjoyed it. But it's not like a Wes Anderson film. I'm going to instantly be like, yes, I yeah, loved like it. Yeah, that's you think about. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it was it's an amazing film. Like the alien invasion aspects of it, the the themes of grief and how that works, the romantic connection between um Oggy and Midge, like Oggy and Midge and the the relationship between the father and son, like all these things that were simultaneously happening. I think Brian Cranston's narrations and everything, like it all makes part and parcel a really good film and I very much enjoyed it. But Wes Anderson has some heavy hitters in his repertoire. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it cracks. Personally, doesn't crack my top five. My top five has stayed the same <laughs> since 2021 and it's not budged. So, But then before you watched the film, did you think this could crack into my top five? I thought, I thought it would. Always? All right. No, mm-hmm. no, no. I thought it would. I watched the trailer and I, I thought I was really going to like it. It gave me, it sort of reminded me of like how I didn't know what was going to happen in Nope. Mm-hmm. If that makes any sense, I sort of knew what was going to happen, but there was not a lot of detail. But, but then at the same time, Wes Anderson made the film such a philosoph- philosophical film and very open ended. Like the endings were very open ended. That you you know any anything could have evolved. Like you basically figure out your own ending amongst all the things that have happened. So I don't know. It was a weird one. I really loved it. It was amazing, and I would definitely recommend anyone to watch it. Like, if you're looking for a film to watch, it's not a hard, it's a hard film to try and catch in the cinema, especially if you're living in a really rural area. But it's a it's a film I definitely watch. But it's not my favorite Wes Anderson film. But it was good. It it was shot beautifully, though. As yeah, I really love the colors. I was I think that that's oh, the thing that just stood out the most to me. It was and it shot. brought up my old degree. TV degree in me. About Come on, I know that's right. Come on, let's see them trend. <laughs> you didn't waste all those twenty-seven grand. So <laughs> yeah, like the, the colors pop. Like Scarlett Johansson in that blue. But oh man, it's a good film. I'd highly recommend people to watch it if you're really into like old western fifties sort of thing, alien invasion, that sort of thing. Like it's alien invasion. Um, it's very ital. I'm saying that in italics. It's not like the beyond, it's not the entire basis of the film, but it is a major part of the film. And if you're into like the themes, like typical Wes Anderson stuff, capitalism, all that stuff, of course, definitely watch it. But 
I wouldn't say run to watch it, but I'd say watch it. <laughs> if you want it's like catch it before it's off the cinema. Yeah, because it, 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 do you know what? When I finished watching it, I was saying to myself, this is going to be a weird film to review because I don't have, like, my opinion changed a lot over the, like, on Friday, I loved it. And then Saturday, I was like, oh, do I? And Sunday, I was like, no, I do love it, but it's not in my top, top five. Because my top five is, is never, never budged. Yeah, I don't think it ever will budge. I think that's, that's it forever and forever. Amen. You never know, he could come back and give us a hard hitter in the next two, three years. years. He he very, do you know what? There was one film he did, I don't want to spoil up my top five. There was one film we did that almost cracked, beat my number one spot. It very almost did. It was incredibly close to. But it's actually interesting watching Wes Anderson do more like, lifelike cinema because he's obviously an amazing stop animation director he's incredible him and Guillermo de Toro are like fantastic at it no pun intended with no fans in there but um literally yeah I don't know it was a weird one I definitely watch it it's an incredible film it's a very good film Tom Hanks is really good in it to be honest yeah. actually it's good to see uncle again as well I know <laughs> was it actually I know. he was yeah no he had covid yeah, yeah, he was the father in law the film. Yeah, he was all he was um Oggy's um father in law. I think um the guy who played the son, his name just went out of my head. Oh my gosh, I had his name in my head. He was brilliant. He was mm-hmm. amazing. And obviously, you know, Wes Anderson has the same sort of cast, Tilda Swinton, you name it, every single time. So it's not really that much of a surprise what who was in the cast. And plus, he, it's you easy know what? for like big characters to clash as well. And I don't feel like they really did in this film. And it didn't, and everyone felt like they had a place in the film. It didn't feel too. Yeah. I think Wes Anderson does this well with his ensemble cast that he it doesn't feel like it's too so overwhelming, because when you have so many stars in a film, it's very easy to then forget that you're watching a film and you're just watching the celebrity. If that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's why I love like the, I know it's like completely different, but I, that's why I love like the Shrek films because there's so many big stars in there that you would not like block its name. You don't feel, yeah, blends. you don't feel it. Jennifer Waters and Mike Myers are in the same film. Would you ever thought that? No. <laughs> Cameron but Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy. Oh, Eddie Murphy, man. Antonio Go. Banderas. Ter- oh. But you let's said five stars. Five stars. <laughs> five stars. Shrek Okay, so quickly, out of ten, what would I what give? Would you Asteroid give City. Asteroid City, yes. Seven and a half. It's a very good film. Yeah. Do you know, it's really hard to to review this film without spoiling it because mm. I was going to do a spoiler review, but it's so close. The film has only just come out that I wanted to have like because when we were deb- I was debating on do we do a spoiler re- film review with this film or do we do a non spoiler review and try and entice you guys to watch it? And I thought you know what this episode is coming out and the film would have been I only been out for a week. And that's, yeah. for me, that's not enough time for, for me to go into the spoilers of the film. I think that'd be inappropriate. But what we can, but honestly, like, if you follow my Twitter, um, I'll t- put it on here, Priscilla, IDK. So just do P-R-X-S-C-I-L-L-A-I-D-K. I'll do, I'll do a complete tweet thread of what I thought, spoilers included, um, about what I think of the film. Because I don't want to spoil it because it's too close to the film coming out. But it's... And any, if you want to let me know your opinions on the themes, like I think the capitalism themes start in this film. They were right up there. I think 
the grief as well. I've, I felt the grief stuff quite emotional to watch sometimes, actually, as well. Um, but yeah, I'll give it a seven and a half. What would you give it, Jess? Yeah, I think I'd probably just give it a seven. I think it definitely is something worth watching. As I said, for me personally, it was a bit like, why did they just skip, uh, kind of like skip over the, um, grief side of it? But I know that's not something that a lot of people do like to listen to or anything. And I think they did actually did quite a good job of just like keeping the storyline going. And maybe it's probably just best not to like lean over like one sad part all the time and then it just brings the film down. Yeah, because they wove and it's very hard to, to discuss grief in a film without and make it the narrative make it the narrative like sort of driving force of the film without it yeah. being like do you know what I mean like it's part of the story but it's not the over it can be an overwhelming part of the story in some films because it works do you know what I mean oh, I was about to say a film and I can't spoil that film because people have never watched that film but like of course <laughs> it can happen because it can be the reason why a character develops but yeah they did a very good job of you felt the loss of the person who they had Mm-hmm. lost in the film you felt it and you felt the grief and the pain and despair and the person trying to move on past the, the death of the person in the film and stuff it's very well done but as we're talking about him we gotta go into <laughs> the top five this is where i'm in my element so how we're gonna do it is i'll go from five to one and i'll say what mine are and Jess will tell me whether hers match or not mm-hmm. and that's how we're gonna play it so, my number yeah, five, my number five was the Royal Tenenbaums. That's my number five. Yeah, I think it's definitely a good number five. I was gonna say Rushmore is my number five. Really? Yeah. It's very much why. <laughs> why? Why? Why do you say you want to ask me why? Yeah. I don't know, I feel like I like it. I do like a good comedy. I just feel like, yeah, it's up there. It's a feel-good film. I mean, I understand why. It's a a very, very good film. And it's basically what established Wes Anderson as what he is. Do you know what I mean? And Bill Murray, like, got nominated for loads of awards Mm. and stuff from it. So I understand. But that's an interesting choice. Yeah. You know, I like to spice things up sometimes. Yeah, you do. Clearly. (laughs) Wow. <laughs> Clearly. No, I would have never. Wow. <sighs> oh my God. Because that's my fourth. But Opposite. I like that. Yeah, that's my fourth. Here's but me like thinking that. it was not. Your reaction told me that it was, it was like you're sixth. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was my fourth. I didn't think we were going to have it so close to each other. Uh, okay. All right. Okay. So we can probably keep, probably do Royal Tenenbaums okay. and Rushmore's fourth then. So you want to do... Yeah, because yeah, I'll talk about Royal Tenenbaums. That's one of my favourite films ever. Mm-hmm. Ever, 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 ever. Like, Bill Murray... Oh, we... Bill Murray and Gwyneth Archer in this film. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've watched this film, like, 300, 400, 500, 600 times. Like, it's so, so well done. Mm-hmm. It's so well done. Like, the whole like also whelms themes to it and stuff like it's oh like it's oh i don't think people understand like if you're looking for a wes anderson film to watch and you've never watched one let this be the first one you watch like it just follows these three kids 
and these geniuses and you just watch them do all sorts of stuff and it's incredibly mm-hmm. fascinating and man like it's just it's so good like it's it's such a quintessential typical Wes Anderson film and honestly like just watching all these three kids or their old adults just mess up their lives in spectacular ways and the comedic the comedic element of it all and just watching them like just someone gets kicked out of their hotel the other one are like like they're no longer successful another one's having an affair like oh it's 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 it's, oh it's amazing i'd actually highly recommend yeah i do also love like the early 2000 film drama type genres yeah like when a beautiful mind always up there Mm -hmm. yeah like a beautiful mind and all those films that came out gladiator and all that stuff that came out around there no you're right actually so that's our five and four that's made things very easy bloody hell okay my number three only went down here because of the two films that came out after it. Mm. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Oh, number three. It was number one for a long time. For a long time. For a very, very long time. Well, I'm actually quite baffled at that. Because <laughs> I don't I'm what? not sure if I can spoil where I put that one, but the reason why the two films above it, the one that's number one is the perfect film. Mm-hmm. it's the one <laughs> film I always recommend people to watch yeah like anyone says what's your favorite film I say The Matrix I say wait I say three films I say The Matrix I say Gladiator and I say this film those are the three mm-hmm. Lies for Mamma Mia those are the four films I was about I to say. say you always do talk about Mamma Mia all the time Mamma Mia and me go together real bad but the film I have number one is my favorite film and it has one of my favourite ever acting performances ever. Well, your favourite well. of all time? No. You know what? I feel like one day we definitely need to do like a, your all time top 10. No, I feel like top five might be very hard for you. My all time top 10 acting performances or films. That mine's a weird mixture because I'll go from like, Matrix, which is my favorite film ever. Like everybody knows me, knows that I live, breathe the Matrix, and me and Keanu Reeves go to give a real bad. And then it'll be like <laughs> Mamma Mia or a High School Musical. Then it'll be like Sex in the City or like, do you know what I mean? Like there'll be no <laughs> logic. Tiffany Man will be like a complete mess as well. So I'm not. I don't even. My favorite you. films are just a mess. But yeah, I had Fantastic Mr. Fox in there. That. That's still one of my favorite animation films ever. Mm-hmm. Of course, like I don't need we don't everyone knows Fantastic Mr. Fox. If you've not read a Roald Dahl book, where have you been? <laughs> um, I'm not gonna go into what happens in that film. Everyone knows what happens in Fantastic Mr. Fox. You read the book. It's giving me year four. Because like, for some weird reason in year four, we always used to read Roald, Roald Dahl. Dahl. Like that and remember the And if you gave us all like a sponsorship or something or well, you Yeah, know. do you remember the is it the Twitches? You had the Twitches, you yes. had B. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Um, is it James and the Giant Peach? Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, he had some books, man. And he, he was a disgusting racist, though. But he could write. <laughs> it's a shame that after you heard that. When I felt like he was anti-Semitic, it really ruined everything for me. 
because I'm like, oh, damn it. But the thing is, like, does that, okay, obviously it's surprising because anything like that would be shocking. But then it's just like the time that he was around. No, 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 man. You can't allow it, man. He was big, yeah, I'm not big. Like allowed, I'm not allowing him, I'm just saying. Nah, man. His, <laughs> anti- his anti-Semitism in was insane. Like, he was racist, <laughs> racist, racist. Like, he was very bad. There ain't, <laughs> there ain't, nah, man. <laughs> that man, oh, I don't know where he is. Maybe he repented, but I, I know he ain't up there. He's down there, <laughs> he's, he's below us. <laughs> nah, I don't think he probably repented for that. He's, he's below us. But... <laughs> No, because Potassium is the Fox, the animation, brilliant. The voice mm-hmm. acting, brilliant. Direction, brilliant. Like, I I think Roald Dahl books are always really hard to extrapolate into film because mm-hmm. of the nuance, the comedic the comedic element of it. Especially Fantastic Mr. Fox. It's such a niche book of his. It's not a typical Roald Dahl book. If that, actually, I'm lying, it is. But it's one of the harder ones to extrapolate into screen. Mm-hmm. Like, it's easier to extrapolate a child in a chocolate factory, a James in a giant peach, a Twitches, than it is to extrapolate a fantastic Mr. Fox. And he did it brilliantly. I watched that film all the time. Like, when it came out, like, what, 2009? I think I was in year year seven. I kept I watched yes. that in the cinema three, four times in the cinema because I loved it so much because it was so good. Like, That's something you go to the cinema, like, multiple times to watch. Oh, if I love a film, me, I'll, I'll I'll make people take me. What was the film that you... Okay, this is probably like a different... Topic for a different day, actually. So I might ask you at a different ask time. Me, ask me a different time. But no, fantastic. What did you think? What, what did you have as your third? My number three, which is now like making me question everything because it might be low on yours, is the Grand Budapest Hotel. Jimmy G. <laughs> I knew that was going to be your reaction. I swear, that's my number one. I knew. How do you have I, the I Grand Budapest? How is that third? What's above that? Because, yeah, you literally just said one that was above I that. I refuse. I refuse it. That, that one is not going to be three. <laughs> you refuse. What number are we leaving it at? So no, you, okay, I'm not well, having... going to leave... <laughs> I'm not having Grand Budapest. No. Not, okay, so we're leaving it at number two. Number two? What number we leave? Okay, so we're going to bring it down to one then. That has to be number one. I'm sorry. I'm, <laughs> this, is, this is a dictatorship. <laughs> that has to be number one. I cannot be caught dead with my name on a podcast and I don't put that film number one. <laughs> hey. All right. I'll give you that as a, as the number one. You've got to give me that one. I'll let you pick whatever you want for two and three. That has to be number one. Okay, we'll leave that number one and I'll bring... Oh, my chest really hurt. <laughs> I'm willing to bring Fantastic Mr. Fox up to number two. Okay. Does that make you happy? That makes me happy. What's number three then? Wait, so what was your... Okay, now that I've changed my number so two... So my, my second choice was the French Dispatch. Okay, yeah. Because I... Hey, hey. <laughs> I loved that film so much like so timothy chalamet jeffrey wright you changed jeffrey wright of course as soon as you heard timothy chalamet do you know what i was weird i love jeffrey wright so that's what reeled me in timothy was just like timothy was just like a little you know that's nice (laughs) 
but like Jeffrey Wright, like I was like, I'm here, I'm I'm listening. Jeffrey Wright in that film, hey, if the world was a fair place, he would have won awards. Yeah. What he did. But that he film, the world is a fair place. Because I was in a fair place. Because why did he not win anything? <laughs> no, but brilliant. I feel like I don't really like when it comes to like Oscars and all those film no, awards. But you know are what? they Some, really I, reliable though? I used to do that, but I'm like, no, because then like it's like you know when you get a degree, like you know when you get an award for writing the best dissertation because mm-hmm. you had the best dissertation. And I feel like it was only in the the Oscars this year where I felt like the tell a lie. The supporting actress is the one that ruined it. But the best actor, the best actress and supporting actor were given, yeah, were given to the deserved people who should have won it based on how they performed. Do you know what I mean? I feel like nowadays, maybe, because it just makes me wonder, like, how long did it take for Leonardo DiCaprio to win a best actor I know, because the Oscars these days, we're sidetracking, but the Oscars these days is more like, if you've not won it for, like, 10 years, they'll give it to you for something random. Um, like to be honest, Leonardo DiCaprio did deserve it to win it for the Revenant. I think the discourse tends to happen around Leo is that oh, because he hadn't won it for years and he won it for the Revenant, that means he didn't deserve it for the Revenant. He was the best performance that year. He actually <laughs> did deserve it. For, he did deserve it for that. What he did in that film, yeah. <laughs> but with Jeffrey Wright in this film, that deserved something. Even if mm-hmm. it was one award, it deserved something because he was brilliant. Timothy, less you know, I don't need to go into him anymore. We all know what he was about. He was brilliant in it. Um, the whole film is stunning. It's a well thought out. That you know what? When he brought that out, I was like, yeah, you're back. You're back. You're back. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, well, Anderson, you're back. Because I think Isle of Dogs was very was very good. It's not in our top five, but Isle of Dogs was a good film. But it wasn't exact because the Grand Budapest Hotel. As we go into it in our number one, it was such a brilliant film that whatever you release afterwards was always going to pale in comparison. If that makes any sense, yeah. So when he brought the French Dispatch, I was like, "This is this is what movie making is about." I think the performances were stunning. I think the the the, the fact that you followed three different storylines and all three different storylines worked. Owen Wilson, brilliant. Benicio del Toro, yeah, brilliant. Um, Christoph Waltz, love him, brilliant. Rupert Friend, um, Lee Schreiber, but he's always in it. Willem Dafoe, Bill Murray's always in these bloody films, isn't he? But like everyone, I pulled their weight in. But Jeffrey Wright for me was the star. So that's I just my find person. it crazy, like how he's just able to put so many stars into one film and it all just works. And it out. works. And all the time to be in there. <laughs> oh, and it works so well. How does he keep doing? You can't, you can't keep winning with this. Like it's but, just, yeah, you definitely right. Like you said earlier, they're definitely not there just for the sake of being there. No, but let's go into my number one because I I can't keep myself my my mouth shut. The okay, Grand yes. Budapest Hotel. Yeah, let's get let's talk about a movie. Let's talk about acting. Get let's talk it. about directing. <laughs> Get Let's into talk it. about writing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, hey, hey, let me say, Ralph Fiennes. They will, they will write soliloquies about you, for what I saw in that film. You changed my life. I don't want people to mention Voldemort about you anymore, even though you're very good in that film. 
and that lady and don't watch guys like don't watch Harry Potter. The ladies are turf. But for those who, <laughs> for us who watched it before, we knew what she was on. He was yeah. the best part of those Harry Potter films. He was, mm-hmm. he was, because he was, he came to act and then went home. Yeah. I don't want people to mention that bald-headed man who's chasing after a child. He's a nonce. I don't want them to talk about him anymore. <laughs> they got, no, 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 no. They can't talk about that anymore. Like, that's not what the, that's not what the actor performance was. Monsieur Gustave is what they should be talking about. Period. Like, he... Came and said, "You know what? Do you know what? Let me show you acting. <laughs> Let me show you performance. That's what he did. It was perfect. I would not change one thing about that film. Tony Revolori as Zero, perfect. I still cannot mm-hmm. believe he's in he's in the Spider Man trilogy with Tom Holland. It makes me laugh every time I think about him. <laughs> but he plays Flash. For those who don't know, um." But the two, the chemistry between the two of them. Hey, and but then let's, re, let's quickly rewind back to 2014. What year? I think we're probably like in secondary school. So, what were your thoughts when before I watched it? You went in, did you actually did you watch it in the? I, I watched, watched it in the cinema. No, I actually after? watched this film after I watched it when I was 17, 18. All right. Okay. Um. So 2016, I watched it. Yeah. Um, it's after it was released. So after it was released, and I remember watching it, and I kept thinking. I remember I saw it recommended. Someone recommended it to me. I, re- I think one of my teachers did, because mm-hmm. um, I mean, I I did. I've always liked Wes Anderson films, growing like because my dad's into them. Um, so I was always always liked the film, but that's the one I I hadn't watched because my dad didn't have the time to take me to watch it because um, he was working long hours. So my teacher was telling me about the Grand Prix Best Hotel and how to enjoy it, and I thought, okay, let me try and watch it. And I watched it and I remember watching it and thinking like, wow, like, you know, when you watch a film and it like completely gobsmacks you, mm-hmm. that's how I felt. Not watching. many films can do that sometimes, but. Yeah, I've never you. felt that way about many films. I think that this film, The French Dispatch, I felt this way about, but not to the same level as The Grand Budapest Hotel. It's about how I felt when I watched Dune for the first time and Arrival. It's how I felt when I watched um, the first Order of the Rings film and seeing it all. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I loved it. I, I mean, what did you think of it? I mean, I it's my favourite film, so I always recommend it to people. So I'm yeah, biased. I, think I enjoyed it. As you said, that um, another film where there's just so many big actors in there, but it just works again. And the comedy aspect of it, the drama aspect of it, I really did just enjoy it overall. Yeah. It's, yeah. a bloody good, it's a bloody good film. Definitely lo- life-changing. I know that's right. Life-changing. <laughs> Ralph Fiends. I know that's right. But literally, like, honest, oh, I love that film so much. I actually could do a whole podcast episode of me talking about how much I love the Grand Budapest Hotel. Van Collie would be on it as well. We could do a thing where if there's a period of time where, I guess there's always films that do come out, but we could do like our favourite classic film and then just quickly dive into it and that's why that would be so no 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 we actually need to do that (laughs) we actually need to do that because like i could go into this film for so long 
you don't yeah. people don't understand i could do a lecture series of why this film is so great if you've never watched it please take the time to watch it it's one of the best films ever i think it's wes anderson's best work i do not know if you will ever top it like the way i feel about beyonce's renaissance is how i feel about the grand Budapest hotel the exact same emotions okay let me not um say anything before the beehive cancel our podcast you need to shut your mouth oh, I, know you... I, didn't even say, I said i'm not gonna say anything <laughs> you need to keep that mouth closed <laughs> <laughs> what you saying is gonna irritate me you put grand be the person hotel free now you're gonna try and run jokes on renaissance <laughs> let me end this podcast episode right now if you piss me off <laughs> but guys thank you so much for tuning in um yes. our Wes anderson top five was I mean, if you agree, we had obviously the Royal Tenenbaums at number five, Rushmore was number mm-hmm. four. We had Fantastic Mr. Fox. No, we had um, French Dispatch as three, Fantastic yeah. Mr. Fox as two, and Grand Peter Pest Hotel as one. Do not fight me about the French Dispatch. She wanted Fantastic Mr. Fox there. So, you know, we win some, <laughs> we lose some folks. But if you agree, let us know. Just actually hit us up and tell us if you actually agree or not, because that'd be actually quite interesting to know. Um, I feel like some people are going to fight us for not putting the Isle of Dogs in there. I'm not going to lie to you, Jess. Ben, I just feel like he has... A he lot keeps of good it films. Small, it's, like, it's like a lot of good films. A small catalogue of films, as you can say. But they're all like really good. They've got high quality, so yeah, someone was going to So cry. it's like really hard to... So if you fight us, fight us, you know. Fight me, man. <laughs> I've been, I'm, I'm out in the streets. Come fight me in it. <laughs> You're probably easier to find than I am, but if you want to yeah, find I ain't easy to Priscilla find. in my behalf, <laughs> you can find her because she's easier to find than I am. <laughs> yeah, you ain't going to find me. Let's end this podcast about that. I don't want people to find me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been me, Priscilla. And me, Jess. And thank you so much for tuning in to the Is This In A Podcast. Please, please, please like, rate and review. You can even give us four stars. I don't care. Just review it and yeah. pass it along to all your friends, their girlfriends, their boyfriends, their they thems, their sister in laws, their brothers in laws, their them in laws, whoever. <laughs> pass the info on. We're quite funny. You're still listening, yeah. aren't you? So, you know. <laughs> Thanks, guys, and we'll see you next time on and we'll find out the question of is this really cinema? Bye. Bye.